Sounds About White. I am one of your hosts, Emma Nelson. And I am Maria. It's great to have y'all back for another episode. And this White Woman Wednesday, we've got a plethora of different topics to talk about. But first to just kind of check in. um, Yeah, Emma, how do you feel like, I don't know, how do you feel? We're on episode 17. Um, We've been at it. I can't believe we're on episode 17. Is this 17 of this season? Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just or just 17, 17 overall. Over both. I know you're below the dot is like really you're on right. it. I'm sorry because you know we go by seasons. We know we go by. But seasons. just to give a little promo for below the dot, y'all have you're on season two, like episode at least 15, I think. If not, are more. we? That and sounds y'all, right. Y'all are rolling them out. So if you haven't mm-hmm. caught it already. If you're a Degrassi fan or you're not a Degrassi fan. And but you, you just like hearing my voice. Yes. Emma's sensual voice. Head on over to Below the Dot. <laughs> Much appreciated. <laughs> and yeah. So um, yeah. So here we are. Episode 17. You know, we've, we've got some. Uh, we've had some high moments, some low moments and some in-between moments uh, throughout the past uh, eight or nine months. And there's a lot of headlines recently. So I can kind of, you know how they do that at the end of the year, which is not the end of the year, but it's almost the beginning of the school year. So it's almost the end of summer. And they do what's hot, what's not, right? And so I was kind of having that vibe with um, some movies and books and films that I've been watching lately. Um, So I can just kind of run through them and then we can... We can wind it back. Yes, go for it. I'm here for it. So, well, okay. So I had texted you a couple weeks ago. Um, shout out to Freelance Regulator uh, on Twitter, at Lexi underscore Callie, who had a viral thread about the movie The Cricket's Dance. Okay. And, um, yeah, luckily we were going to record a couple weeks ago and then we didn't. And it was good. Well, it was good and bad. Because this movie was so horrible. So I could have used an excuse to not get through it. But I also felt like duty calls and I have to watch the whole film. So what a good hate watch. Yes. I mean, there's a whole if you don't want to watch it, you don't have to because I actually don't think we should support this film. It's on Amazon Prime and the movie. There's a whole Twitter thread. You can just read the thread and a lot of the problematic stuff will pop up. Um but yeah, basically this like white late, first of all, it's just not a good movie. Like the transitions are just, it's literally like she starts, she's at the law office and then she meets her black coworker. It's a white lady. Oh no. She oh, meets no. her black oh, coworker no. and then um, she's having lemonade with the older white lady at this huge house in the South. And then the older light, white lady dies and then the older white lady gives her the house and then Her grandfather uh, finds this chest. It literally is like scene by scene. This is all happening. Finds a chest from the uh, previous people at the house, the ancestors from, you guessed it, during times of enslavement. And she starts reading and gets really curious. And the movie, it flashes back and forth between present day and like 1850, uh, more or less. And it's this is a book. By the way, this is not just so that a screenwriter it's went a book off by a white person. Yes, it's a white lady that wrote the book. I knew it. Um, who the white lady that, that wrote the book? Um, I think Deborah is her name. She grew up in a military family, 
but she so she's not from Georgia, but she she feels like she's lived in Georgia for a long time and she just feels her spirit is with Georgia. Can I just say that I don't like it when white authors write black voices because I feel I have never read an authentically black character from a white author. Now I have not read every single character, black character written by a white person, but when I say Chances this, are. I'm yeah. I'm looking at you James Patterson. <laughs> James he's got Patterson. A, he's got okay. a series that follows a character Alex Cross and okay. Just reading it, like, and I read it growing up, and I didn't necessarily realize how just like palpably white everyone was written, mm-hmm. and just like this is your character of how you think black actors, like it just it felt so inauthentic. And I understand that my experience of blackness is not everyone else's experience of blackness, but we have found via Twitter that actually a lot of us do have a lot of shared colloquialisms yes. and experiences. Because black culture is a thing. And so like that man is written the way black white people think that we Mm. speak and sound and interact with each other. It's really bad. So I don't like black voices from white characters or from white authors. I mean, that makes complete sense. And to your point, it's often quite noticeable. And I think one of the biggest things that, again, this is white lady talking here, but like the the nuance and the complexity of characters, like so rap shit. So this is the, so what's mm. out is, these are very different movies or shows, but like what's out is the crickets dance and what's in is rap shit because rap shit is Issa Rae's new series. It's on HBO Max. Um, and there is a lot of, already there's only been five episodes, but like the complexity of the characters is just it's just there's an authenticity there that the cricket dance is just really pitiful. I mean, it's just really pitiful. And of course, yeah, the black characters are what you'll think they'll be like. There's it like makes me want to throw up. Actually, um, there's a black lady um, in the like past events that is enslaved and comes with the white lady who marries the guy, the white slave owner. Um, but they're like friends, like the the white lady and the black lady are like friends, except for the black lady's enslaved. And right. it's just so it's like, are we really friends? Yes. Or are we friendly? Because exactly. Because we'll be friends if we were not in this position. Probably not. <laughs> no. And yeah. And so that is really problematic. Like that's very um, cringy and um, just throughout the whole thing. And then. Um, basically the, the white lady also gets attacked by a client who's a black man, um, because he was upset about what she did at the job, which was just, okay, we're just going to like really lean into stereotypes here. And then she's saved by the black man, her, the lawyer coworker, um, well, black savior for once, (laughs) black savior, um, and then, I mean, yeah, there's lots of saving, there's lots of black saving uh, taking place in this movie, but in like really problematic ways. Um, like, because it's like, really? Like they, they, they don't even have their own character arcs or storylines. It's just like to be there to help this white lady. Um, but yeah, long story short, it's a rough movie just in general, like cinematic, like just the story, it does it's literally like you're turning a page. You're like, oh, and then this happens and then this happens. But the actual – and then she, the the black man and the white lady, they don't have any romantic storyline for like I would say 80% of the movie. 
And then like the last 20 minutes of the movie, because I was like, I knew this hap- ending happened because I saw the Twitter thread. Mm-hmm. Um, their their relationship like starts in the last 20 minutes and then they end up getting married. And as Twitter thread pointed out, like there's like one black person at the wedding, like in the audience and they're like all white folks. Um, See, and that'd be pissing me off too when they be having weddings like that and it's like, where's your black family? Yeah. And this, yeah. Where are your black friends? Yeah. Anything? Anything? Yeah. So. And no, and so whoever did this didn't think about that. No. Um, so it's rough. And then in the, the past, uh, like in the 1850s, there's like multiple like love storylines. And I think the toughest part is that if you go to reviews of the movie and of the book, there are people that love this shit. Like they, I, I was looking for like, oh, Rotten Tomatoes or like this or that. No, people eat this shit up because they're like, this is so kumbaya. Like, look but at you know us. Exactly, but you know exactly who's writing them refer or reviews. Yeah, yeah. So anyhow, so out with cricket, the crickets dance, the book and the movie. Um, in with rap shit uh, would be my first. Uh, again, very different movies and shows. They're not actually similar at all, but like just. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Also, a league of their own. Enough. Did you see that movie? Like, it was from like ninety two. I did not. I don't be watching shit. I guess. Well, this was like a old. This is like from ninety two, and it's a movie about white women in baseball in like the World War Two, and it's one of my favorite movies. Like, I can't lie. It's one of my favorite movies. It's like very. Look, we all got our problematic phase. <laughs> so this, I mean, it's it's white womanhood. Like, it is like. You go, you go, girl. But there's one scene in A League of Their Own that when I was younger, I didn't quite get it. When I was older, like, it, like I, I don't know if I read an article or something, but there's a black, there's no black players on the team. It's like 1945, whatever. In the scene, there's one black lady that's like, like way, you know, the outfield, like to the right, like not even in the stands. There's like no black people watching the game in the stands. Um, and she throws the ball. And then this was supposed to be like, you know, symbolic of how black women weren't allowed into this like league. But it was like such a it like she doesn't even have a line like the black actress. Like there's there's no it's like it's like, oh, that was enough. Just like, you know, one little nod to like racism and segregation. (laughs) And then we can tell the rest of the story without having to really delve into it at all. So, so that was 92. There's a, they're, they've got a new series called A League of Their Own. So it's like a remake that just came out. Did they add some real black people? And it? they added some real black people. And so um, I haven't watched it yet, but um, there's also, so they added like some black female characters and they, based on the trailer that I saw, it doesn't seem like they try to sugarcoat things in the sense that like they don't do the thing that like Shonda Rhimes does where like, oh, we're just going to, everyone's racially diverse in this time, you know, like Bridgerton, but like this wasn't actually how things were during that time. But yeah, so A League of Their Own. And then they also have some like lesbian story arcs that they didn't have in the last one. So out with out with the old, well, I'm still going to watch a little League of Their Own, but like um, here's to a little more representation. I don't even know, Emma, if you're trying to talk about this specific one, but the Till trailer... 
Um, <laughs> I am very we fortunate don't... that I yeah. miss a lot of crap online. Okay. So I'm I'm just very lucky that I miss it. I did know that it was released. I did know I get to see things through a lot um, as through a black filter, mm-hmm. and that the people who I see have seen it are people who are like minded and think like me. Yeah. So I are so I get to see it through the this is garbage. Can y'all quit doing it? Versus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm certain there are people who are like, oh my God, this story so needs to be told. No, it doesn't. We already know that bitch was lying. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, I know the bitch was lying, so I don't need to see it. And yeah. I already know that this was a sweet boy. I mean, he was 14, so no shade. But a 14, four, I know how 14-year-old boys are and that mm, they make shitty jokes. But that does not mean that like he didn't have a bright future, wasn't also wasn't a sweet boy who makes shitty jokes. Yeah. Um, and needed to have that happen to them him. Yeah. So I don't I don't need to see a movie to humanize him. Yeah. Because he's already human to me, I guess, is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and if you needed this movie, that says more about you than it says about about yeah. the movie. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Like Show some, you know, I, I think the general trend is, you know, show some black success stories. Yeah. Stop yeah. showing suffering. Black um, pain. Yeah. I, and I think what we said is more, I want to say, but I could be mistaken. Someone will, will tell me no. And I would say like more hidden figures, less till. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure that there, there are criticisms with hidden figures as well. I just, I'm not as familiar. Like, I mean, you guys are listening to Maria right now. I'm not familiar in movies, what people are saying. I watch them maybe once through a pretty, like, broad overview lens. I'm not watching them to be critical. Mm-hmm. I don't read about them or think about them. So I'm not saying that the movie is without fault but i'm just saying more movies that support black successes or demonstrate black successes Mm -hmm. and less black suffering yeah we're tired yeah yeah i mean all movies have the risk just because it's a white film industry um white dominated white you know the money is in the pockets of the white wealthy people so decisions getting made um are often going to uh, be somewhat, you know, films or movies, like unless it's like really, really intentional, um, there's going to be some whitewashing and some like glossing over some like pretty significant things. Yeah, but Till um, is literally like some non-racist white person. In fact, let's go see. Hang on. So the movie. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it. a Nigerian-American woman that is the producer no, I'm so um, glad you already looked into this. I did yeah, look I'm into at, it. I'm yeah. looking at these names, and yeah, I mean, I guess I'm glad that it's it's being created by Black people. Yeah, but I guess I I guess Black suffering movies probably wouldn't irk me so bad if they weren't the only movies that we see. Well, so it's like this yeah. has to be the project that y'all are green lighting, and yeah. that is where it becomes a problem. Well, I'm glad it's not like some non-racist white person, but yeah. some super. I'm not racist. I would have voted for Barack a third time. Yeah. White person probably sat there and said, "Yeah, let's let's move this forward." Yeah. Well, and it was, um, I guess, brought to the producer by like a white lady being like, "I support you and doing whatever you want with this." So I'm sure there were definitely white folks that are like, oh, yeah, like we got to – this sells, right? Like social justice is trendy right now or like whatever they want to say about it. Um, and I did read an article. I mean it's supposed to highlight more of like Mammy Till's journey 
with using her voice and advocacy, mm-hmm. but still, and there, and she's the producer was specifically like, we're not going to re-traumatize, which I, it is tough because it's already traumatic. To your point, like you don't have to see anything to know how horrific. Right. The idea is at least they said we're trying not to like re-traumatize, but again, it is like who, what movies get greenlit to to do and what things have to be fought to be told about right so and then in a you know along these same lines the white lady who accused uh emmett till and is really one of the the people responsible for his murder um she's still alive um they found hanging out free she's yeah she's hanging out free they did not want to serve her the warrant that was finally found after so many years um Mm -hmm, that's crazy how that happened it is um so yeah so there's uh, there's just so much um yeah carol bryant donham grand jury declines to indict say that bitch's name yeah say it again what's that carolyn bryant donham yeah d-o-n-h-a-m just goes to show that no matter how many years pass because it was her and i believe her husband Along with all the white folks in Mississippi who, you know, uh, harassed all the black residents of Mississippi, uh, J.W. Millam, uh, who was a half-brother to Carolyn Bryant's husband, Roy Bryant, um, those two were were uh, also complicit and got off pretty scot-free. Mm. Um, yeah. So, which... To bring it to a contemporary part, which again, we don't have to talk about, you don't want to talk about, but you heard about the white TikToker that killed her black boyfriend months ago. Out of everything, huh? Okay. So there's this white TikToker, um, and it's been it's been, I think, a little bit on the news. Her name Courtney Clenny is a white lady who's an OnlyFans model um, that killed her black boyfriend, Christian Toby Abumseli, and didn't face any consequences for months. Like, it was very wow. obvious she did it. Okay. She was covered in blood. They, She said it was self-defense, but, like, had no bruises or had no physical uh, issues. And then they recently released a video of her, like, beating up the boyfriend in a elevator can't like the camera footage like so he's mm-hmm. clearly like tr- like kind of trying to protect himself while she's like beating him up so it's been like i think four months there was camera footage not of the actual murder but of like the elevator just as corroborating evidence that like she was not completely mm-hmm. innocent that makes me think uh, you watch the video in fact, I'm saying this one specifically for you of the spirit employee. You know, I didn't see the video. I saw one of our friends posted it on Instagram and I, I like tried to click it and it, it wasn't uh, clicking. Hold on. I, I got the fight video for you. Let me send it to you. <laughs> I got it from one of our friends on, t- on Twitter. But like you can see her in his face instigating it. And then she like ends up slapping him. Damn. And again, can I just say that just because somebody slaps you is not a reason. But like- yep. Look, we're not paying these people enough to deal with the bullshit they have to deal no. with. So no. I just know Spirit ain't paying enough for what he had coming or what he had in his face. Yeah. And so, you know what? That's really just all it is. I didn't get paid. I know he's not getting paid enough to have you putting your finger in his face, yelling in his face, 
coming across a, um, over around a person to hit them up. Like, yeah, you know what? At this point in time, I'm swinging back. Yeah. Or I can see how someone could be pushed to that limit. It's never okay to fight violence with violence, but I can empathize with how you got there. I yes. watched that video and I saw why we got here. Yeah. I did just buy a ticket to a wedding next month and it is on spirit so i, I will it. try not to get any fights that's, that's what i thought about <laughs> you when i saw it i was like i was telling our friend i was like please don't tell anybody i just bought this spirit ticket <laughs> we know that you love spirit girl we look and we not dry we not, i'm not judging because i'm not paying okay but i will playfully tease you about <laughs> your connection and bond to spirit but ultimately at the end of the day do you because I'm not paying the bill. So I get it. I mean, it gets you where you need to go. There just might be some fights along the way. There might be some extra fees that they slide in there that you didn't expect. Um, and they're just, it literally said on when I was buying the ticket, like less than average uh, foot space. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> um, or like limited foot space. I was like, what? There's. Are you telling me that you condensed the seats even more from the last time I flew? <laughs> so I'm actually not confused why you haven't heard of this recent story. I mean, I don't watch the news. I don't. I, I think that just my feeds are tailored too yes. well to things that are going to boost my mood versus ruin my mood. And I mean, that is intentional because there's just there's so always so many terrible things happening that it's like I don't need to give myself any more reasons yeah. to be upset. So I miss out on a lot. Yes. Happily so. Um, but then I never know what anyone's talking about. I'm like, Ooh, well, what? basically, a lot of black women were like, we're staying out of this one because the black man who got killed did not deserve to be killed. Just like full disclosure, no one w- was saying that, that he deserved to be killed. But he specifically, like, he said some messed up stuff about black women as a whole on his Twitter page and specifically was like, I want a white woman and, like, was very clear about that. And then vice versa, this white lady who killed her black boyfriend also has a video of her being like, I only date uh, black, rich black men, which is like, okay, well, clearly it's not safe for them to date you. So, yeah, that's... That's that on that. Um, but just to say that, like, you know, we can talk about Emmett Till, but we also don't have to reach that far back for other examples of of white violence. That, yeah, that's another thing, I guess. It's like they're so obsessed with telling the stories of things that happened, realistically speaking, not that long ago, but long ago, longer ago than things that happened yeah. more recently. And I guess I will say that more recently, the problem is that from my experience, it's like too soon. Yeah. Too soon. But also it's like, I think it's, I recognize the more importance and that so many people look and they say, well, that was a long time ago. And it's really like, actually, that was yesterday. Yeah. So if you're going to tell black suffering, can you tell black suffering within the last five years? They got, there's plenty of stories to tell. And to your point too, of like not making black folks have to see, like having stuff that black folks can watch that is not purely black suffering, right? This is specifically for white audience to try to humanize black folks. And to your point earlier, if Emmett Till is not humanized for you by now, that's a that's, that's a, a you problem. problem. He was a fourteen year old boy, no? Yeah, like if it takes a movie for you to see that. Can I just say that? With that being said, like whatever was going on with him, there's another story. Like even if he wasn't 
a 14-year-old, a kind child, whatever, you should still have the ability to humanize yeah. them. Right. And one of the stories that I was thinking about was a, a little boy from the south side of Chicago. His name is Robert Sandifer, but he went mm-hmm. by Yummy. Like, if you look at his story, it's horrendous. Was he a gangbanger? Was he involved in crime? Absolutely. So, like, completely opposite end of the spectrum. But if you look at this little boy's history, first of all, he was 11. And it's like, this is a little boy whose mother left him with some strange woman. He was living in a house with a bunch of other kids. And nobody was checking for this kid. Nobody cared about this kid. So, like, you read that and you're like, mm, this poor child, how could you not see how he did end up becoming involved in gangs and violence, which then ultimately led to his death. Still a human, still deserves that type of empathy and understanding Mm -hmm. that you don't have to be innocent for people to care about you and to also understand how you may have gone down the path that you went down, which is a lot of times that people not believing that you're a human. Yeah. And um, I was just thinking of the importance of like, what you said earlier of like when white people try to tell black stories a lot of things get lost in translation and a lot of stereotypes pop out there's not a lot of depth there but when black people tell black stories more often than not unless people are being tokenized there is going to be more more realness and more humanity and there can be questioning of society more depth to the characters yeah, just the, the even the analysis of what got this boy there in the first place. I was thinking about that whole in a way. Because, you know, she'd be telling black stories, but she'd be pissing me off at the same time. I was thinking of Queen and Slim and how everyone was upset with the ending, oh. as we should have been. And, like, we were so pissed because Lena was like, well, I wanted to. Ma'am, I can see that in the news. Yeah. And that pissed me off particularly because it was like, you literally could have gone, you could have done anything you wanted with it. Yeah. And you had to do that. Why couldn't we just have a win? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember why they was on the run. Now I got to go Google that. And you know I watched her show The Shy. She'd be pissing me off with that shit too. Oh, yeah. I did. I tried to watch the first episode of that because I wanted to support. It was a a lot happening and- it's you want you want stories to be authentic and you also want them to be like this isn't the only thing. White Hollywood says, "Oh, that's what sells, so that's what we're going to put um or green light." And it's not to say it's wrong, it's just like if that's if that's the recurring genre over and over again of violence, death, trauma. Yeah. My problem with with The Shy is that And I do have some praises of the shy, so I will get there at the end. But it's just, it feels very preachy and so preachy to a point where it lacks authenticity Mm. that I feel like when I'm watching the show, it's an after school special, maybe. So you want to show this so that I can learn something from it. And there is no problem with showing content so that your viewers can learn it. But I don't like feeling as if that is the Mm. purpose i wish it weren't so over the top like i have no problem seeing and learning it's just i don't like how obvious it is that's i think the part Mm -hmm. that bothers me but i do think that they are very important stories to be told and i like i i have to try to view it from a lens of like i guess maybe someone who's watching the show might not have recognized that But I feel like when it is so obvious, I think you run the risk of turning certain viewers off because they do feel like they're being preached to 
And like, those are the people who need to see it. So it's like, if I can tell what you're doing, can everyone tell what they're doing? Like, I don't know. But um, I will say that one of the praises I have is that, I mean, first of all, a big complaint is that same sex couples always involve Mm. a white person. The same sex couple that she has on the show, the one specifically that I'm thinking of, two black women. I like Mm -hmm. that. Um, it also does involve a lot of darker skinned black people mm-hmm. as main characters with fully fleshed out plots and roles and just ideas. And then them with other dark skinned black yeah. people. Um, cause another complaint is that it's always the darker skinned black man and a lighter skinned black mm-hmm. woman. There's always a light person in here yeah. somewhere. And look, I don't need to keep seeing my face yeah. everywhere. And so I like I like the visuals. I like the representation. Mm-hmm. I like the goal. I just don't like it feeling so, it's almost like so obvious you can touch it. It's yeah. just a lot. But you know, whatever. I guess. I guess. I. I think it's also really so important. But it's. Just, I just don't like it being so yeah. obvious. Well, um, Billy Porter has a new, like, just recently directed a show called Anything's Possible. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. And it's about a black trans teenager in high school. And I watched, I think, the first 20 minutes and I've got to go back and finish. But one of the articles I was reading about it was a similar critique. Um, again, can't confirm because I didn't I didn't watch the whole movie yet. Um, but the, it said a similar thing of like, you know, you you can kind of get a little bit more creative with the messages that you're trying to share that don't have to be like as um preachy there's a time and a place for that but if you can artfully weave it into a movie it feels different and versus okay this is the message this is the message and it's like Mm -hmm. well hopefully people already know that message some or they can watch a documentary to learn more about that message more directly there's nuance. That wraps this week's episode of Sounds About White. Uh, please remember that if you, if hearing us once a week is not enough for us, so you can follow us on either of our social media accounts. There is a TikTok account that Maria tries to update. She's trying to get like me, but she's not quite like me. There is also an Instagram account. She has apologized in the past for not being able to um, cite her sources as much, but she does have a lot of really fun posts on there. Some of oh, I did send a whole one of them to her today, so I'm somewhat behind <laughs> that. But anyway, we do have an Instagram. We do have a TikTok. I'm sure there's an email around there somewhere. Just check out our Instagrams for Sounds About White. I believe the Instagram is sounds underscore A letter B as in boy underscore white on instagram yes please check us out and be on the lookout um you know emma's not going anywhere um well hopefully emma's getting some rest i think that's emma's going to bed but like (laughs) if the lord's willing if if the lord wills it but aside from that um we do have a, a special edition episode with um my older brother who's a cishet white man um, and we'll be doing a little series uh, on the side with white folks, uh, just kind of exploring some of, of their anti-racist uh, journeys and unpacking internalized white supremacy. So if you or someone you know is interested on coming on the show with me and having a little chit chat, um, the goal is just to kind of put these kinds of conversations out there as we you know, as we try to figure things out and do the work, um, always trying to be more in community than individualistic with it. So thank y'all. Hey, you know, I was just talking, I was just talking about how we need more community. 
We'll talk more about that off air. There you go. Bye.